Well, we have been, for the last couple of three weeks, we've been in a study. And this morning, I'm really, I'm just going to teach, okay? I don't think I'm going to preach, but I don't know really the difference between it. Uh, I think teaching is when you sit and preaching is when you stand, so I may be confusing this morning, I don't know. But uh, for the last couple of three weeks, we've been, uh, we've been sort of in a study about reclaiming the prophetic voice of the church. And if you haven't been with us, basically, in just a nutshell, what this, what this series is about is learning to hear the voice of God. That, that's it. It's not Weirdsville. It's not strange. It's not uh, off the wall. It's just learning to hear God's voice and then respond to that voice in obedience. And we've talked about a little about that. And this morning, I, I really I want to teach a little bit. Whenever God speaks, uh, if, it's, if it's here in His Word, or if it's through a, a personal word to you, or somebody gives you a personal word that they believe God spoke, there's always three parts to it. There's the revelation, okay? It's, it's what God spoke. There's the interpretation, what was meant. And there's the application. How do I implement this into my life? And I'm going I'm to teach a little bit about that this morning and talk a little bit about it and hopefully clear up, you know, any uncertainty or anxiety. Most Christians are afraid of what we're talking about, okay? Because it requires some work on our part. We have to test it. I can't just accept it. When God speaks out of His Word, you know what? I'm still supposed to test what I think I heard him say, but the revelation is true. All right? When God speaks, it's true. I can take this, I can implement this in my life, and I will be successful in whatever area I go into that God leads me, if I'll just believe it. But God also speaks to us in other ways. This is His primary way, okay? I say this over and over and over. And I'll say what I said last week. If you're not listening to the primary way He speaks, you won't hear Him speak in secondary ways, all right? It's just that simple. So this is the primary way in which God speaks. We have it written down so that, that the revelation is from God's mouth to these pages. That's what Scripture means when it, when it talks about that the Word of God is, is God-breathed. The Greek word is, God breathed this word. It was captured by those men that wrote it down because the Holy Spirit guided them in what they wrote. So we have the word of God. We have the revelation clear. And I'll talk about this in a little bit. But you know what? There's all kind of interpretations. Amen? There's all kind of applications. Some of those interpretations are not God's. And some of the applications are not God. And so we're going to talk a little bit this morning about that. I'm going to share an illustration with you that kind of, I think, I hope, set the stage and help you understand what I'm trying to say this morning. I love to teach. I, I love to preach. Okay? I, if, if I could do it for free and, and, and people would come, I would do it. I just, I love it. I love to do the research. I mean, as Kathy says, I could go away to a monastery, shut myself up like a monk, and, and, and just stand there with the books. I, I mean, I could. 
Okay, I, do, I love the research, I love the study, I love the process of, of taking the, the, the idea from God, finding what He wants me to know about it, and then put it in, in a way that I can, I can communicate it, whether it's to a crowd of people or whether it's writing it down. I just love that. And from time to time, God has given me an opportunity to travel to a foreign country and to teach. Uh, I, I, for me... Uh, that blows my mind. I mean, that, that God would take me to another country to, pe- to teach other people. And I've had the privilege of doing that in Romania. I've had the privilege of doing that in Germany. And as of today, I've had a couple of trips to Mexico. Uh, hopefully that I'll get some more opportunities, but it humbles me. Okay, I mean, it, it, I, mean I just, God, what do I have to say? I mean, why me? And it's also a direct fulfillment of a personal prophecy that someone gave me many years ago. Now, here was the, here's the prophecy, okay? The person said, God says that you're going to have an international ministry. Now, you want me to tell you what I thought? I could see myself being on TBN. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I could see, my, I mean, that's what I thought, okay? That's what I thought, okay? I just, international, that means big, you know? You know what international means? It means it's going to cross borders. <laughs> and that's all it means. But now my mind, instead of measuring the revelation and working on the interpretation and making the application, I jumped from way over here. But that's all it was. And then when I went to Romania, I realized, I got you, God. I understand what you're talking about. And then I ended up in Germany. And then the last couple of years, I've been able to go to Mexico and, and teach those pastors. And I thought, okay, God, you're, the word you gave me through that little lady is coming true. Okay. Now, all that other garbage that I added in there was because I didn't interpret it and didn't apply it. And so every time I've, I've gone to speak like that, I've had to use an interpreter. Okay? Uh, and there's a reason for that. There's a language barrier. Okay, I speak English. And some would probably even question if I really, truly speak English. All right? I speak it with a, a southern drawl, okay? I drag words out that probably shouldn't be dragged out. I don't speak Romanian. I don't speak German. And I don't speak Spanish. I understand a word or two in Spanish. I had no clue what they were saying in Romania and absolutely no clue what they were saying in Germany. And so as I prepare to do that, I let God guide me. And, and I let him show me what, where I need to go. And I study and I pray. And I put it together in a very clear way so that it's easily communicated in English. All right? Because I don't understand Spanish, Romanian, or German. I, all I understand is English a little bit, okay? I don't completely understand it. And so, in a sense, what I plan to teach, you could call 
revelation. And I don't mean in the same way that God speaks, okay? I mean, in, I'm going to reveal things that my audience, who I'm teaching, may or may not be familiar with. Okay, that, that's all I mean by it. I'm going to unveil it. I'm going to disclose it. I'm going to teach them some things perhaps they're unfamiliar with or they may not even know. I'm going to speak to them information, revelation. I want them to know certain things. And so that's what I'm going to share with them. And so that revelation is mine, okay? It comes from me. It's a, there's a revelation. But for, those, for them to understand that revelation, two things have to happen, okay? Two things have to happen before what I say becomes something that they can hear and understand. Now, they can hear the English, but most of them don't understand English, they're, they're, they understand their language, whatever that may be. And so, for, for them to understand everything I say, then what I say has to be interpreted from English into whatever language group I'm speaking to. And it has to be applied in a way that they can understand it. How many, well, you may not realize this, I, I, but there are things we say in English that make no sense to other people. I went to school with a, a young man from, uh, from Africa, from Liberia. And he wanted to go uh, over to one of the shopping malls. And I said, well, I'll come by tomorrow and I'll pick you up and carry you over there. He went ballistic. He goes, no, 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 no. You can't pick me up. I said, yeah, I'll be glad to pick you up. No, 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 no. I said, it's not a problem. I'll pick you up. I'll carry you up. No, you can't pick me up and carry me. And it finally dawned on me. He thought I was going to pick him up, literally, in my arms, throw him over my shoulder like a pack of potatoes, and carry him to the mall. That's what he heard. And so what I was saying and what I meant well, what I meant, he didn't get. Because he didn't understand. He spoke English, spoke English very well. But he didn't understand the, the idioms and all that kind of stuff. And so what happens is, I, when, you, when you are in a situation like that, and you're giving that revelation, that information to, to a group, there has to be an interpreter. And that interpreter very often is fluent in their mother tongue. Okay, they, they know their language inside and out. They've probably studied English or they've been in America for a few years and, and they've spoken some English. But the issue is, you know what? It's word for word translation. Okay. In, in, when I was in high school, I took Spanish for two years. I'm ashamed of that. Okay. <laughs> I got really good grades, but I don't know very much about it. But we were taught word-for-word -word translation. I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm trying, if I want to ask how you are in Spanish, if I use the way I was taught, I would say, como esta este. Down there, they just go, como este, or como esta. That's it, como esta. How are you? They don't go, how are you, you, Okay. And so what happens is that interpreter interprets it. But he doesn't always understand the nuances of the English language. He doesn't understand the colloquialisms. And I've learned 
to take that completely out. Because you get this blank look. And everything gets real quiet. And he doesn't understand those nuances of, of uh, or southern idioms. I mean, we've got some some phrases we use here in the south that people in the north don't even understand. And so, my point is, he that person is translating it word for word, and he doesn't always understand what you're trying to say. And what happens is, he hears what you are saying, he, he gets the revelation, but when he interprets it and speaks it to his people and applies it, guess what? It may be completely different than what you meant. And you don't even know it. Unless. When I was in Germany, I had a chance to, uh, to teach uh, in a student conference. And I had a group of students that I was teaching. And my, my deal that week was to teach on relationship and intimacy with God. And so I was, I was teaching them. And, and, and I made a statement which made perfect sense to me. And communicates very well here in the United States. The only problem was when they heard it, they fell out of their chairs, chairs laughing. I mean, they were they were rolling, and I'm you know I'm thinking that ain't even funny. <laughs> What's the deal? And I look over, and the pastor who's interpreting for me, he's he's German. He goes, and I, I go, "What's you know why are they why are they laughing?" And he said, because of what you said. I said, what did I say? <laughs> you know, here's what I said. I was talking about sharing Christ with other people. And out of a relationship, we get to know Christ deeper. And because of that, we ought to share Him. And what I said is too often, though, many Christians keep their relationship bottled up and we keep God locked in the closet. Now that makes sense, doesn't it? Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Well, closet translates into German water closet. Does anybody know what a water closet is? I do. I'm a plumber. Okay? In the code book, when you talk about potties or toilets or commodes, it's water closet. Okay? When you go to the... In, in, in Europe... Okay, y'all are beginning to get it. Y'all are start. Okay? Okay. He goes, why is your God in the, in the bathroom? I go, my God's not in the bathroom. He's in the closet. He goes, no, 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 no. That, that's why they're, and I, it dawned on me, okay? He had interpreted it exactly the way I said it, except it was not what I meant. It was the, he got the revelation word for word, but his interpretation was incorrect, and his application was nuts, and so what happened is, I had a group of, it was pretty much done for the day. I became the guy whose God's in the bathroom, okay? That happens all the time with God. It happens right out of this book, okay? It takes place here. When, you know, the reality is when God speaks, God always speaks truth. Amen. The Bible says God cannot lie. Psalms 119, 160 says it's the sum of thy word, the sum of your word is truth. In other words, whatever God says, 
adds up to truth. That's what the psalmist is saying. Jesus said in John chapter 14 verse 6, he said, I am the way. And then what did he say? I am the truth. Not a truth, but the truth. I'm the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. I'm the truth. In Hebrews 16, 18, it just declares emphatically, if, if there's any doubt, it is impossible for God to lie. So whenever God speaks, He always speaks truth. Whether it's in His written word, or whether it's He speaks to a person through another person, or He speaks to that person verbally, or with, a, with an intuition, or in their mind. If it's God... Okay? And that, that's the big question. If it's God, if it's truly revelation, then it's truth. God cannot lie. The problem, though, begins there. All right? And this is especially true in, in, in what we've been talking about, uh, about the prophetic gift and about a, a, a personal word that you receive from someone or you get a word that you believe came from God, the problem starts there, okay? God made sure that His revelation got here with no mistakes. Now, that's what I believe. I believe this book is true from cover to cover, okay? I believe from Genesis to Revelation, this is the Word of God. It has no mistakes in it. That's where, I, that's where I'm at. I'm committed to that, Okay? I would stake my life on that. I believe this. I don't believe God made him. I believe God was very careful. I have studied the backgrounds of Scripture, how they came to get in here, interpretation. I've studied all that stuff, and it amazes me. I mean, folks, we don't have a shred or two of, of some of these uh, fragments of some of these uh, 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 scrolls. We have hundreds and thousands of them. And you know what? They all say the same. There's one in Israel, the scroll of Isaiah. And it, it, it predates Jesus. It says the same thing that our Isaiah says that we have the translation of today. God was very careful. And the men who copied Scripture... And who, who did this, they were very meticulous. If you understood how meticulous they were in copying Scripture, it would blow your minds. They counted lines. They counted words. If the count did not match with the amount, you know what they did with it? They didn't start over. They burned it and began again. They didn't bury it. They didn't throw it in the garbage can. They burned it up. And so we have the, the Word of God given to us and folks, we can trust it. We have the revelation. But whenever God speaks in a personal revelation, we can mess it up. As I speak this morning, as words come out of my mouth, some of you will hear one thing, and some of you will hear something else. I know that because I'm one of you. My daddy has said some things to me when I was a little boy, that I heard one thing, but he said something else. Any of y'all ever done it? How many of you are married? Your spouse said something, and you heard something else. And you both speak supposedly the same language. Okay? You understand what I'm talking about? See, we can 
mishear the revelation. We, can, we may hear the words, yet we don't hear them. We don't get them. And so that can happen initially when God speaks to us. God can, can actually speak, but we not hear it correctly. Or someone else can hear it, hear God speak, and think they have a message for you. And they may have misunderstood God. You ever misunderstood someone? And y'all got, you know, head to head and were head butting and realized. I used to, I'm not going to name the church, but, but there was a, a point there where I went to the deacons meeting. And we had four or five deacons. We had probably six or seven. But we had four or five. All of them were hard of hearing. And every deacons meeting was a war. And they all agreed with what we were trying to do. They just couldn't hear but a word every once in a while. And so they, they, it was just a constant argument. I just sat in there and go, this is crazy. But that's the way we are. Sometimes we hear a word from God and we get part of it. We don't, we don't listen close enough. So, so we can miss it at the revelation phase. But we can also miss it. At the interpretation phase. And we can miss it at the application stage. And you know what happens? If it gets messed up at any of those stages, then we don't have what God said. Therefore, we can't do what God wanted. Does that make sense? I'm going to drive this nail in this morning. You may get tired of hearing me before it's over with, but I'm going to go pretty quickly. Listen, God is infallible. Okay, He makes no mistakes. He doesn't speak out of... Both sides of his mouth. He says it. But our problem is we're not. Okay? We don't always hear what he says. We don't always understand what he says. And we don't always do correctly what he says. And so every prophetic word has three parts. Okay? There's the revelation. What is said? What is said? There's the interpretation. What is meant? And there's the application. What are we going to do with it? How do we put it into practice? And we can mess up all along the way. We can mess up what is said by the way we hear it. We can mess up the interpretation in a different way than God intended. We can, we cannot, we cannot hear what He said correctly. Or we can, we can think He said this when He really said this. And we can mess it up by applying it inaccurately and doing the wrong thing. So for a prophetic word... To be beneficial, we have to have all three right. Now, do y'all see how tough it is? This is why, listen to me, this is why most pastors and most churches don't even go close to this stuff. I mean, when you're a pastor, just, just take my word for this, you can blow yourself up without ever getting close to biblical prophecy. You can step on a landmine and today everybody loves you and tomorrow everybody hates you. Remember Jesus? On Sunday, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. On Friday, crucify Him, crucify Him. It's the same way in ministry. It's the same way in church life. There's enough problems without wading through a minefield. And, and just to be honest with you, if you don't do if you don't put into place biblical standards and biblical rules, what happens is it's a free-for-all. 
And so most pastors in most churches would say, hey, we got plenty to worry about without blowing ourselves up with prophecy. And so they tossed the baby out with the bathwater. The only problem with that is God is still speaking. But I've decided because it's just too dadgum hard, I'm not going to listen. I'll listen to what he says here, but as far as the personal stuff goes, I'm staying away from that. Now just hang with me for a few minutes here, okay? The only problem is God is speaking, and He's speaking to encourage us. He's speaking to strengthen us. He's, he's speaking to comfort us. He's, sometimes he, to correct us. Sometimes, but, but it's all to build us up. It's not to tear us down, okay? But nobody's listening because it's easier to let somebody else stand in a pulpit and tell us what to believe out of the book. Okay, now there's nothing wrong with the book. But we are all priests. I, when we were singing that last song, you know what went through my mind? I've thought about this a lot as, as a young person. But I used to wonder what it was like for that, that priest once a year to go through that curtain with that little bowl of blood. You know what? This morning, there was no curtain. And we were all, anybody that wanted to, was going into the, into the Holy of Holies where God was. But folks, what we've done as the body of Christ is we've elevated a position or a person, and we've stopped doing the work on our own. We stopped testing, and we stopped listening. We've thrown the baby out with the bathwater, and what happens is we miss critical insight because we're just too lazy to test it. And if there's an issue, to correct it. And if there continues to be an issue, to discipline. You know why the Bible, you know why God disciplines us? One word. It's called love. Not because he's angry. It's because he doesn't want us to hurt ourselves or hurt somebody else. You know why a church ought to discipline one another? Because we love one another. If you see me doing something stupid, please come tell me. Okay? Out yesterday out on the job, we, we were watching for each other because it's easy to forget what you're doing and do something stupid. And it's too late when that piece of roofing, I mean that piece of metal goes across your arm and and you're bleeding like, you know. So we were careful and we, we when somebody did something they weren't supposed to, somebody said something. We disciplined one another. Why? Because we loved one another. We don't want to see anybody get hurt. Folks, we have got to test things. And we have, to, we have to look at things critically. We have to make corrections when they're wrong. And we have to discipline one another. Okay? It's not something we do to somebody. It's what we do to each other. It's what we do as one another's because we love each other. And so what I'm talking about is primarily personal prophecy. But do you realize that it, this, it happens all the time right here? That's why there's so many denominations. God spoke. And 44,000 or 140,000 different groups say he spoke this. No, he didn't. He spoke this. No, he didn't. He spoke this. It's like they multiplied on, on, and, and they all believe in these little parts. And yet we don't have the whole. 
So it can get messed up when we're talking about Scripture. We, it's, it's based on the revelation they heard and how they interpreted it and how they applied it. God only meant it, what He said. All right? And He said what He meant. Our responsibility is to figure out what that is and do it. Are there different kinds of applications? Yes, there are. You see, that, you see that even in Scripture where something is applied one way in one place and then another place, it's, it takes a fuller application. But folks, God said one thing and He meant one thing. Now, well, Nelson, how do we, I don't know how we figure out all the garbage. This, I just know we go after God and we listen to what He's saying. Now, I'm going to get back to personal prophetic words. If you ever plan to receive one, in other words, if somebody comes to you and says, I believe God showed me this for you, or you ever want to give one, listen to me. It's important that you write it down. Now, I drove this nail in the, in the coffin last week over and over and over, but I can't tell you how important it is. You can still mess it up when you write it down. But... At least the person you're going to give it to can spread it out before the Lord and say, Lord, if there's, if some of this didn't come from you, show me what it is. Or, here's what I've learned. When, when, when God gives me something for somebody, or He gives me something for me, and I begin to write it down in, in my little notebook. When I write something down there that God didn't say, how many of you ever embellish things? Now, I know none of you are fishermen or golfers or None of you have children or grandchildren, so I know that doesn't happen here, okay? It, sometimes it just happens. We don't mean to do it. It just happens. Guess what? It'll happen this way, too. And so what happens is when, when you start to embellish it, the Holy Spirit goes, y'all know what a check is? If you walk very close to God, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll know, mm, no, that, I need to erase that. that. That's not God. And so when you write it down very often... God will protect it if it came from God. Okay? So, write it down. If you bring me a word, I'm going to tell you, would you write this down? And if a person is unwilling to write it down or at least have it recorded and give it to me or send it to me, I'm not going to pay a lot of attention to it. You say, well, that's, that's not real smart. Well, it protects you. Okay? And just because you write it down doesn't mean I'm going to make a life-changing decision based on it. We'll get to that in a minute. But write it down. It, it's, just, it's just a good way to do it because it gives you a record of what we thought we heard God say. And often when we write it down, God corrects it if we've misheard it. And then that word that we've received or somebody has given us or God's spoken into our spirit, we can test it. We can try it. Listen, this is hard work. It's just a lot easier not to go down this path. But if we don't go down this path, we're not going to hear God speak in some ways that He wants to speak to us, okay? We're going to miss some things that He wants to say. Now, let's just say we've heard God correctly. In other words, we've got the revelation correct. And we've got the truth that, that we don't want to either... You know, we want to pray about it and see what God wants us to do or, or we're supposed to share this with sometimes. Often, revelations are very plain. 
and, and very clear. There's, no, there's really not any interpretation to them. I mean, God says, thou shalt not kill. Now, is that plain? Thou shalt not take your neighbor's wife. Is, is that plain? Is there any, there's no foggy, okay? Very often, in fact, most often, when God speaks to you, that's the way he speaks. You know why? Because he knows we don't get it. All right? I mean, he, he's, why would he speak in, in, in strange and unusual language if we're not going to get it? And so he speaks most of the time very plainly. And so there's no need to interpret it. It says what it says. But sometimes it does have to be inter- interpreted. The Old Testament, it says, in the Old Testament, it says that God spoke in, in dark ways. In other words, he spoke through symbols and signs. He still does that, but not as much. Because Jesus gave an interpretation. He became the interpretation of all of that. And so sometimes we do have words that that have symbols in them. And and they have to be interpreted. Listen to me. Don't jump to a conclusion that you know what God meant. Ask Him. You ever thought you heard what somebody said and acted? And gotten in trouble. Because what you thought they said is not what they said. But it's what you heard them say. Just ask God. God, is this what you meant? He'll tell you. Okay? He'll show it to you. You remember Joseph? When, when jo- Joseph is brought before Pharaoh. You know what he says? He says, it's not my gifts, it's God. God's the one that interprets dreams. When Daniel was brought before Nebuchadnezzar and some of the other leaders uh, as, as he served them, he, he, he said, it's not my gifts, it's God who interprets the dreams. It's God who gives meaning. Folks, if God speaks to you through one of the ways that He speaks personally, or He speaks through somebody else, you know what? He'll give you what it means if you'll just ask Him. Okay? Now, too often we jump the gun and we say, people will say what they think God is saying. Okay? They'll misinterpret it. They'll go to their library. And I've got some of these books and they're helpful at times. But just because you've got a book on interpreting signs and, and symbols, it may not necessarily be why God used that symbol in your life. Do you realize that when God gives you a word for somebody and you share it with them, it may be called, babe, that symbol that you have that you're trying to interpret, you may not need to interpret because that symbol means something in their life. I, I, I know a gentleman who God gave a word about a hose and uh, uh, he saw this hose and it was green. And he began. He said, "I believe God wants to heal you because, as, as a, as a, you know, somewhere in the past, you've you tripped and fell over this, this." And he interpreted it. He said, he, "The only green hose he could think about was a garden hose." Well, there was a gentleman in the meeting that had been injured on a fall over a hose. It wasn't a garden hose, so he didn't move. And this guy just kept on because it was just so clear. This guy in the back didn't move. Finally, after the service was over, the guy in the back came up and said, you know what, I thought that word was for me, 
because you, you talked about a green hose. And I fell over a green hose when I worked at the airport, one of the big green hoses that they connected to the airplane. And he, I hurt my back. And the guy goes, oh. he said, you know what? God just showed me a green hose. He didn't show me a garden hose. See, we can interpret the symbol wrongly. We have to ask God. A viable revelation can be ruined by a wrong interpretation and what God wants can be missed. Sometimes all we need to do is just share it. Okay, just give it. And let God do the rest. It also helps to be humble. Okay? God is drawn to humility. You may be here this morning and you may possess a very... High level prophetic gift. But if you don't possess a higher level of humidity. Humidity. (laughs) Humility. There's some interpretation. Some humility. Your gift's never going to be what it needs to be. How many of you realize that Joseph had far more gifting as a teenager. Than he had the humility and ability to use. He saw what he saw. But he didn't have the humility to do with it what God wanted him to do. And you know what happened? They sold him into slavery and he spent years in an Egyptian prison until the humility level and reached the ability level and surpassed it. See, God doesn't need our abilities. He's fully capable of doing with us whatever He needs to be. But you know what? He won't use it if we're not humble, if we won't listen. And so you have to be humble enough to say, you know what? I don't know what this means, but I believe the Lord gave me this for you. Or, you know what? I just sense this. I'm not even sure if it's from God. You take it, I'll share it with you, and you do with it what you want. Yeah, Nelson, but if God said it, okay, you know what? If God said it, they'll know God said it, and they'll deal with it. All right? It's not your job, and it's not my job to drive that in and make them do something. Our job is, as a pastor, many of us know, we're just supposed to deliver it. Okay? On time and hot. I'm supposed to give it. It's their job to deal with it. Okay? Now, let's just say we've got a correct revelation. And we've got a correct interpretation. How do we correctly apply the word that's been given to us? You know, if you don't implement a word, then what good is it? Even James says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. Because if you're just a hearer, you, his illustration is you look at yourself in the mirror, you see the issues, but then you turn and you leave and don't do anything about them. And so what, what happens with, with that interpretation is we implement that word. But to do that, listen to me, you can have the right revelation. You can have the correct interpretation. But the implementation has to be done very, very carefully. And I want you to listen to me about this, okay? It needs to be done carefully and with lots of prayer. Don't make life-changing decisions without testing something that you've been given. I'm going to say that again. Don't make life-changing decisions based on a word that somebody gave you. Don't quit your job just because Sister Sue gave me this word. Test that 
word. Pray over that word. Check it out. Do your homework. Does, is, there a, is there a peace in your heart? Is there a witness that, 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 that what you've heard is true? Is there, is there conflict? Is there fears and uncertainty? Here's the deal. If there's fear and there's uncertainty and there's conflict after you've prayed, guess what? It's probably not God's word. The, the correct application of a prophetic word is crucial. And that's why we have to learn to pray. Genuinely pray. I want you to listen to me. If God speaks a word to you through another person, He will confirm it in you. I'm going to say that again. If God speaks a word to you and it's truly for you, He will confirm it in your spirit. You will know when you hear it that there's something to it. Okay? If it comes out of left field, you know what? That's probably where it came from. Why would God tell somebody else something He's been trying to communicate to you for months? Does that make sense? God won't do that. God will spend out. God may share some details that you're not aware of, but if there's a, let's just say, I'll use this one because this one grabs hold of me. Let's just say somebody, you're not married. And somebody comes up and says, I, I've got a word that this is the person you're supposed to marry. Can I just say something? Toss that one in the toilet. All right, not the garbage can, the toilet. Because if God wants you to marry somebody, He will show you. If God wants you to change jobs, you will be aware of the need. You may not know the place, but you'll be aware of the need to change. If God wants you to do something life-changing, guess what? He will already have been whispering in your ear. Don't just take a word from somebody that says, you're supposed to go into ministry and preach the gospel. Don't take that word from them, quit your job, and, 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 and go down to... First church so-and-so, and hey, I'm here to preach the gospel. Because let me just tell you, you won't get an opportunity. Because God speaks to His children all the time. The prophetic, that, that, that personal word comes alongside of what He's already talking to you about. Are y'all tracking with me or am I just kind of... I'm warning you, Okay. There are a lot of well-meaning people who mess people's lives up. And the reason they mess people's lives up is because the people who took the Word didn't do their homework. They didn't test the Word. They, they just said, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. Listen, listen to me. We, it's dangerous to run around always seeking a prophetic Word from somebody. God has put His Holy Spirit in us to guide us. All right? The prophetic comes alongside of that. It aids that. We don't do like Saul did in the Bible. We don't go to see the prophet Samuel to find out where the mule is. We don't go seeking a word. If God has a word, that word will come seeking you. All right? You won't have to go search it out. I'm telling you this because I've, I've, I've... I've been in that stream where, okay, I'm going to run over here and listen for a while. Maybe God will speak to me here. God was speaking all the time. I just couldn't hear him. I wanted him to speak that way. And he was already speaking to my heart. It's dangerous, okay, to run here and there, to read everything that anybody writes on the Internet and make decisions based on that. Okay, y'all with me? 
Now, there's nothing wrong with necessarily what they're writing or what they're saying. It, it, it may apply to somebody. But if you haven't already got a sense of that in your spirit when you read it, it's probably not for you. God will speak to His children. He'll, he'll set you up. Does that make sense? Okay, I'm going to sit back down through preaching. Now, don't take anybody's word and implement it without praying long and hard about it. God doesn't expect you to do that. God expects you to test it. He expects you to make sure it's from Him. Did you, do you realize that Satan mails letters all the time with your address on them? And he can use godly people to handle the mail, okay? I'm not throwing rocks at people that have prophetic gifts at all. But sometimes we get it wrong. And so if a, if a, if a, if a, a word doesn't bear any witness in my spirit, you know what I do with it? I put it in a file. And every once in a while I get it out and I just pray about it. And if something's changed, I pray a little more about it. And if it's just, this really doesn't make a lot of sense, I put it back in the file. Okay, I don't make life-changing decisions about it. I, 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 didn't, I don't quit jobs based on what somebody said. I don't sell my home and, and those kind of It's dangerous to do those kind of things. That's why it's so important to test not just the prophetic word, but this word. Test what is said from the, when you hear teaching. Go home and check what I said out today. Don't just accept what I say. Test it. It's our responsibility to test what we hear, not believe what we hear. Okay? Well, they said it on the internet, it's got to be true. Well, they said it in the pulpit, it's got to be true. Bonjour. Some of you will get that. Some of you won't. Okay? It's not always true. We can mess up what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. In Scripture, we can mess it up. What he, what he means in Scripture, we can mess it up, amen? By, by interpreting it wrongly and applying it wrongly. Well, guess what? It's even easier with a personal prophetic word. You say, well, then why do we do it? Because God still speaks. Okay, I, I say that again. We have to be very careful. We, we have to, to, to pray about it. We, we, we've got to listen to what God's saying. We can't just hear what we think we hear and jump out there and go without paying close attention. We can misinterpret what God is saying if we don't ask Him what He means. And we just, I mean, some of us, we get a word or, or we get a promise out of Scripture and we just jump on it and go instead of trying to figure out what He's saying to us. And folks, we can misapply it. We can come to the wrong conclusion and we can misapply what God's saying if we don't test it and we don't pray about it. Now, I'm going to say this and I'll be done. Prophetic words are important. Please hear my heart. Whether they come, especially when they come out of here. Not whether, but especially when they come out of the Word. But they are also important when they come to your heart from God or they come from someone else. You say, well, Nelson, how can you say that? Because God uses them to give direction. He gives, uses them to give encouragement. He uses them to give correction. He uses them to give guidance to His people. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 14.1, Pursue 
love. Yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, if we weren't supposed to to learn how to handle it and do it, would Paul have told us to pursue it? I mean, he doesn't mean, you know, if you feel like it, what he's saying is earnestly go after this. I was taught growing up you didn't pursue spiritual gifts. That's not what the Scripture says. You got one when you got saved. Why do you need to pursue them? Well, Paul says, but especially that you may prophesy, that you may hear what God says and speak what He says. And then he says this, and he said, Paul says this in his earliest epistle, the very first letter that he writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, 22. Listen to this. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances but examine everything carefully hold fast to what is good abstain from every form of evil he says he says don't quench the spirit when the spirit begins to stir things up and and he gives a message to somebody don't despise that utterance the word despise means to look down on to look at it as less than to 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 not like it to disdain it to see it Below the status of something else. And Paul is saying by the direct leading of the Holy Spirit. Don't despise prophetic utterances. But examine everything carefully. And then he says hold fast to what's good. And toss what's bad. How many of you have ever eaten fish? Maybe you ever eaten fish with bones in it. Do you throw it away because there's a bone in it? No. You, you eat the fish, you throw the bones away. You know what? Personal prophecy is that way. You get the good out of it, you throw away the stuff that's not good. That's what it means to examine it carefully and to hold fast what is good and abstain from every form of evil. You know, if, if, it's, if it's bones, I don't eat it. You know why? Bones will lodge in your throat and choke you to death. So will prophetic words if they're wrong. And their source is not God. So we have to test it. Now, we have to train ourselves to hear carefully God. I said this last week. If you will read the Word, you will learn what His voice sounds like. Okay? You'll learn what His voice sounds like. Then we have to embrace the the proper... uh, Methods of interpretation. We have to to dig in and do the work. And then we have to implement the right application. God will speak to us prophetically. I believe that. If If we will listen. And we'll do the work. If we'll commit ourselves to testing the words. And when we, when, we, when we discern that this is God and this is what this means, we're going to obey it. God will speak. He will speak. He will speak. But we have to do the work. And we can use it in the life of our church. But we have to obey what His Word, this Word, tells us to do with all the other words. Now, most churches are not going to do that. Okay, Most Christians are not going to do that because it's just too hard to work. God, I want to go to Walmart and I want everything I want right here at eye level so I don't have to bend over or stretch high. Okay? I'm, I'm just, I love you. I'm smiling. I'm trying to remember what I've been taught when it's tough, smile. But here's the thing. We want it to be easy. Listen, the secrets of God 
Those things he shares with those who are walking with him are not always easy to attain or to hear. Sometimes it requires some work on our part. And if we will learn to work, this won't seem like some subjective thing that, you know, willy-nilly anything can be said and claimed to be God. No, if we'll learn to listen and understand God's voice, we will know when God speaks. And we will understand how to interpret it. And then we will know how to apply it. Okay? I'm done. I promised all the guys that were there yesterday this was going to be shorter. It was close. (laughs) Okay? But listen. Everything's not easy once you get to be a believer. I don't care who says it is. I've learned that there are moments, being a husband, there are moments when my my wife will say something and she doesn't say it loud and she doesn't whisper it, she just says it. And you know what? I need to be paying attention so that I get it. And if I'm not paying attention, I miss it. And you know what? It's gone. Because there are some things you just don't say again. All right? God's the same way. There there are moments when He wants to share something with us that are so important that He expects us to be listening. And if we'll learn to listen and then guard what has been said and dissect it and take it apart and make sure it's got His address on it and the stamp is postmarked from Him and, and this is God. He'll show us what to do with it. And then you know what happened? will happen? When that happens, very often explosive things take place in a person's life. Explosive things take good in a good way happen in a church. You move from this level to a new level. But God wants to know if He can trust us. Will you listen? Will you ask me what I mean by this? And will you do what I want you to do, not what you want to do? That's what God's saying this morning. Let's pray. Father, this morning. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.